first annual Multiverse of Badness Spooky Time Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and of course, our show would not be complete without my amazing co-host, the Bella Lugosi voice to my Bella Thorne backside. We have Zach, the basis not only for the Pale Bastard Band, but also Swansea's legendary band, The Bad Electric, opening on November 22nd, 2022 at the Bunkhouse for Queens of the Stone Age alum, Nick Oliveri. How are you doing today, Zach? I am stoked about the plug straight up. Yeah, if you are there, it's going to be a good show. But also, Mike, I it's the Halloween show. I gave you six weeks preparation to come up with the scariest title you could. And Spooky Time Podcast is what you landed on. <laughs> no, I have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. But I do know that I did pick a comic book that has a special blood-sucking guest. And I am not talking about your credit card company and the way they gouge you for fees. Duh. I'm talking about the most notorious of the notorious universal villains. Who is it, Zach? It is none other than deadbeat dad, Christopher <laughs> Summers. <laughs> it's not. Although Christopher Summers, Cyclops deadbeat dad, does make a cameo in this book, which I appreciate. It is Count Goddamn Dracula. Cue lightning sound effects. It's the Halloween episode. I'll see if I can't put some in. I know some of our loyal listeners are not fond of the sound effects. Stu from the Stu World Order, particularly, there are reasons for that. However, we won't go into them, but we will go into this as cover, which shows some fucking appalled-ass X-Men. I love the way this starts out. <laughs> they don't look happy, do they? I mean, although Wolverine's only given it three claws out of six, he doesn't think it's that desperate of a situation. No, Kitty Pride is about ready to lose her shit. But you know who else is going to lose their shit? Misty Knight's daughter. Because on the first page, apparently the X-Men have a standing invitation to just show up at Misty Knight's house anytime they want for any reason. Instead of knocking on the door, they fucking just blow the fucking thing open and scare the absolute dog shit out of her daughter. Is it her daughter? I thought it was her roommate. I think it's her daughter. I Harmony. think it's her roommate. I think it's her roommate as well, but I think it's also her daughter. Let's look. I'm curious. Oh, I like it starting the Halloween episode with a spooky argument. Yeah, no, you're right. I thought this might be her daughter, but you know what? It is. It is simply her roommate. I apologize. One nil. <laughs> However, I still don't know. Can you explain to me why the X-Men are here? So... A plot device, I think, is the simplest way to put it. Essentially, <laughs> as you put it, they burst in, guns blazing, not even knock the door. Wolverine Storm and Colossus burst through. Kitty Pride phases through the wall. Nightcrawler just, uh, like, appears as he does. I don't know what the, the term is for that. Bamf! Bamf! It's like a, a smoky schnitt. <laughs> I don't know. They don't actually specify. They just, they say they're here to speak to Misty. And then that is instantly dropped for today's story. Yeah, well, you know what we do get to see? Similar to X-Men 244, we get to see a fashion show. So we dress Storm up in a pretty outfit before shit goes off the rails. This I wanted to point out. It's the second book in a few weeks where they make a point of offering Storm makeup like she's never heard of it before, even though she clearly is wearing makeup. She has, like, cat eye fucking eyeliner, red <laughs> lipstick. You can't tell me that's not makeup. 
<laughs> Probably not, but we do get, as you mentioned, Scott Summers and his dad. I'm going to blow off this fucking page because it has nothing to do with the rest of the story. No, no, no. Let us ruminate <laughs> oh, no. in this story for a moment, please. So sure. I was completely unaware of the story of Christopher Summers, a.k.a. Coarsehair. Have you read what happened when Alex and Scott got abandoned as children? No. That's and it all went off the rails in the most spectacularly metal fashion in out of space. Basically, along the lines of there was an attack in a plane by the Shia. They threw the kids out of the plane with the only uh, parachute. And then like people, I'm pretty sure, murder his wife in front of him. And it's all pretty goddamn cool. But enough of this story about the Summers dysfunctional family. A crime has been committed. <gasps> a Halloween crime? Dun dun. Spooky time. Murder in the alley, or so one would assume, because we have a victim of a throat slashing, it appears. But not a simple victim. Who the fuck is this? If I'm not mistaken, and mistaken is not a word, I would just like to point out, I said. <laughs> Fuck, him is like that cheap-ass steak stuff you can get at the grocery for about $2.50 <laughs> mm, a steak <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, it is none other than leader of the X-Men. Is she the leader of the X-Men at this point? It doesn't matter. Storm! What the fuck happened here? Who, who is strong enough to attack Storm and just leave her lying in an alley, blood gushing out of her neck? Uh, Christopher Summers? Guess, yeah, him too. But I think we're going to have to read. Fortunately, at this point, the police find Storm. They rush her off to the hospital. They alert the X-Men that problems are happening. The doctor looks like she's having a fucking moment. I don't know what's going on. It looks like someone has just told her. What What is she doing? I, what she's know. doing is my favorite line of dialogue ever in a comic <laughs> book. When she's telling Colossus and Wolverine about the attack they assume has happened on Storm, she says, the police theorize a mugging, possibly by a maniac. <laughs> well, two panels later is what I was talking about. What is she doing? It's like she had a fucking Mentos moment or something. I don't know. Oh, she's doing like a chef's kiss. <laughs> she's so <laughs> proud of her fucking comic what? line. <laughs> He's like, I just delivered the best line in comic book history. I need to take a minute to pose. And in the panel next to it, is that nurse twerking? Yeah, I think she is. I, I think we are seeing twerking in its origination. However, Storm seems fine. When they go into the room, she seems fine. Nothing's happened. Which is pretty weird because when she gets to the hospital, all everyone is saying is, no, throat's cut, no blood, fucked, can't find more blood for her, gone, <laughs> game over, brown bread. Put her in the morgue. <laughs> yeah, but she's fine. The doctor's apparently pissed off that Storm is just fine down in the bottom. This doctor owns some of the best panels. I want to find out more about, what's her name, Dr. O'Hara? Dr. O'Hara, yeah. I want to find out more about Dr. O'Hara here. She, yeah, she looks, like, menacing almost in a lot of panels. I know she only has Storm's best interest at heart, but she scowls at her in such a mean way. She is not pleased that Storm might weather the storm. The next page is just Storm. She's fine. The X-Men leave. But she's breaking out in some sweats. Shit's going down. I do love, and I'm not one to generally, like, give panels a lot of love. But this bottom left-hand panel of Storm is glorious. I love this. Like, the almost like Art Nouveau, really kind of like scratchy, stiffly kind of black artwork one. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning and so out of kilter with the rest of the artwork in the book. I, I had the very similar feeling when I got to that. I did enjoy it, but it doesn't forgive a later sin in the artwork and layout, <laughs> which I will get to. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's two pages later because I have marked it as well. Next, we get the X-Men. For some reason, they went back to Misty Knight's apartment. That's where they live now. <laughs> If Charles Xavier's in a coma, they need some place to live. So they just, that's what they're doing. They're gate crashing. They're calling squatters rights. <laughs> well, they end up going back to check on Storm, who is now at Misty Nights, because they even, I forgot that. They're like, Storm, just go on back to Misty Nights' place. Don't fucking go back to the X Mansion or go to your fucking home. Just go crash again with Misty Knight for the rest of existence. It's a good point, because you can imagine she would have been in the hospital for a long time. The X-Men really do, like, we have to explain, when they break into the apartment at the beginning, the roommate, whose name escapes me, says, hey, who are you? And they say, we're a friend of Misty. And she does kind of go, hey, if you're a friend of Misty, you're a friend of mine. But, like, this has got to be, like, six (laughs) days, dude. Six days of just the X-Men fucking trashing everything you own. (laughs) Wolverine, we didn't even point the fact out that as soon as Wolverine got there, he was like, well, I'm not needed. I'm going to go drink all the beer. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. The the thing is about this book is there's not a lot going on early, but there's a lot going on early, if you know what I mean. So So Kitty goes to check on Storm, pulls back the shades to let the sunlight in, and we have problems. Shit may be... A little bit fucked up in the life of our heroine Storm. Bit spooky, I'm not going to lie. There's a spooky Halloween's are happening. Haven't quite figured out what yet, but I'm sure when we get told, I'll figure it out then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kitty's asking Storm what's the matter. And I think, is this next panel the one you're talking about, Zach? No, so my next one uh, isn't actually an artwork problem, more of a layout problem, which I will be very, very vocal about when it appears. Okay, well, I will I will go back then. But Kitty is asking Storm what's the matter, and we get a face that I would be embarrassed if I were an AI and drawn. This is just a fucked up face. Storm attacks Kitty Pride, and she goes off to Wolverine and says... Oh my god, shit's going on. There is something going on. There is a problem. For you see in the next page, we see Storm open the window and in walks Goatee Dracula, which I think the goatee was a perfect move. Never trust anyone with a goatee. If you're listening and you currently (laughs) have a goatee, are you truly a member of the mob squad? That's a question you need to ask yourself. Well, the question I have is it says she opens the window to admit her lover. I guess she's been fucking Dracula. Everyone's been fucking Dracula, dude. The guy's been around forever. He's like Iggy Pop. Everyone's fucked Dracula and Iggy Pop. I think most venereal diseases originated from Dracula. Most venereal diseases actually came from the time that Dracula fucked Iggy Pop. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So... Previously, Kitty was onto something because, and I didn't mention this because I'm a fucking idiot. Kitty was onto something because her star of David repelled Storm, and that's what started the attack. Now, Kitty has determined that this may be a Dracula moment, even though Wolverine will have nothing to do with it. Kitty comes in with a fucking cross and doesn't work. So this really stood out to me quite 
nicely in the story that I've never, I guess it's mainly because it's always portrayed with crucifixes in Dracula media. But this book posits that it is the religious iconography of your religion. If you believe in that symbol, then it will have the power to reject Dracula. So Kitty Star of David uh, repels him, but when she comes in with a crucifix, because she's not Christian, it has no power over him. And there's a point later where Wolverine tries the same, and I was like, oh no, please don't make Wolverine a believer, but I got my way. You know, isn't it unfair to people of the Jewish religion that when it's easy to make a cross with two sticks, but if you try to make a Star of David with sticks, it's just not going to fucking work. A couple of, yeah, it's doable, but it's, it's hassle compared to a cross. So at this point, again, the cross doesn't work for Kitty, and she tells the X-Men what's going on. They ish believe her, Nightcrawler ish believes her, Wolverine doesn't believe her. So they run off to Central Park and Belvedere Castle, which I actually looked up. I wasn't aware of this, and I've been to Central Park. It's literally just a kitschy tourist fucking castle in the middle of Central Park. <laughs> it's Dracula's summer place. It apparently is. He's suddenly just fucking, they've taken up residence in Misty Knight's home. Dracula's taken up fucking residence in Central Park. That's the true Halloween terror in this story, is people's disrespect <laughs> for other people's property. <laughs> so we get a nice fight going on between the X-Men and Dracula, and Dracula's pretty much turning into a wolf. He's holding his own. They're having a problem with this motherfucker. And Kitty has an idea, though, and this is bizarre to me. Now, here we go again with religious iconery, okay? Kitty decides that she is going to break into the castle, and she is going to sprinkle holy water into the coffin of Dracula. Two things. First off, literally Dracula has now taken up residence in Central Park because his coffin is there. Secondly, we saw within the last five or six pages... That a cross didn't work for Kitty. I'm pretty sure that holy water is exclusive, at least to Christianity and maybe other non-Jewish religions. I don't think this is going to work for her. And also, what would it achieve? It, like, Dracula would be beat after a long day of killing all the X-Men or slaying. They use the word slay quite a lot in this book. So after a long day of slaying all the X-Men, he gets into bed. And he gets a bit of a burn on his bum. That's essentially what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, as she's doing this, Storm shows up, slaps Kitty Pride With the perfect slap on a mat up here. Yes. Yes, literally slap with an exclamation <laughs> point. Slaps Kitty Pride. Kitty is going to stab her in the heart. But Kitty doesn't have the heart to do it. She can't kill Storm. And she literally tells Storm, hey, I'm not going to kill you. You're going to have to kill me. God damn it, Kitty. This, this is why you're my favorite. Well, Dracula has pretty much destroyed the X-Men, or he's beating the shit out of them, and he's about ready to turn Storm against her own. However, the most fucked up thing in possibly comic book Dracula history happens. Can you explain to the Mob Squad what it is, Zach? Oh. <laughs> By any chance, do you mean... During this whole time, during the X-Men fight, that Nightcrawler has been bamfing around to evade Dracula's electricity... And has the genius idea of, wait, if I it's chasing me, if I just do it next to Dracula, I can strike him with electricity and ends up just hitting the X-Men anyway. <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am talk that is ridiculous. What I'm talking about is Storm 
literally telling Dracula to fuck right off. It's, yeah, she pulls a real bait and switch on him, walks up after he's decimated. Well, he hasn't even decimated the X-Men. Nightcrawler has decimated the X-Men. And she gives it all, oh, my love, what are your plans? And he says, slay them. And she's like, no, you won't. And starts kicking the ever-loving shit out of him. So a couple of things. I don't think it's ever been done in any kind of lore that someone just ignores the bite of Dracula. We get to see Storm ignoring the bite of Dracula. (laughs) Moreover, between panels, somehow Storm has a chance to change out of her white dress into her Storm outfit. Amazing. Oh, yes. I I didn't put that together. That's just good comic book art. (laughs) Just good comic book art. So now we have a fight between Dracula and Storm. But then it's just like, eh, you know what? You beat me, Storm. You won. Yeah, honestly, it really does ramp up to a point where Storm's just about to stake him. He grabs the woman. He's like, you're going to have to get through her to get to me kind of thing. And then he goes, but actually, I respect you, so goodbye forever. Is that Just to ask, is this the same Dracula from the boat with Spider-Man? It has to be, right? This ah, is the Marvel God, Dracula. Goddamn Dracula. <laughs> but after he bows to Storm, she gets a little mouthy with him, and he's like, don't push me, lady. Yeah, I love that. She's like... He flies away. She says, you won't escape that easy, Dracula. And he's like, hey, enough now. I just gave you mercy. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens in our final page besides Kitty and Storm hugging it out in tears, my friend? Not really all that much. You can see Wolverine still drinking all of Misty's beers, hanging around in the apartment. Oh, I find myself too funny. That's it. So you've got basically all this Dracula energy that ramps up, ramps up, ramps up. It blue balls you on the Dracula story and then gives you nothing satisfying afterwards. Again, to recap, Mob Squad, what happened? X-Men invaded a home. Yep. Storm gets bit by Dracula. Yep. Storm tells Dracula to fuck off. Yep. Dracula tells Storm, see you later. End of story. Yep. yep. And all the while, Wolverine was drinking someone else's beer. <laughs> Lucky guy. (laughs) So I think we're going to wrap this episode up. But before we do, again, we have to rate this book on something, Zach-ish. You have been tasked with telling us the good and the bad of the book, but you have to come up with some terms for us. What do you choose this week? So I was trying to think of something spooky and Halloween-y, because it is the Halloween episode, but I failed. So this week it is... Collect or neglect? (laughs) Well, um, I am going to ish on both. I'm going to waffle because anytime you bring Dracula in, I love it. But the storyline is all over the place. This is a one-off. I'm going to neglect it. And I want to collect it, but I can't. There's just too much oddity. There's clothes changes in between panels that are impossible. There's Storm telling Dracula to fuck off, which should not happen. I'm, I'm going to neglect this one. That is genuinely surprising. I thought, given your, if it makes me smile, I'm going to like it. This book is wacky and goofy. I will I will collect the ever-loving shit out of this. This is great. It's the fucking X-Men fighting goatee Dracula. What more could you want? This is no Spider-Man Dracula, my friend. 
Now, the other thing we have to do, and I forgot, I put this out of order and I apologize. Mix it Multiverse up. Keep it of, fresh. Yeah. I'm going to change it. Let's change it to multiverse of radness and multiverse of, we can just go badness. What do you find rad about this? What do I find rad about this is just the fact that these things happen, to be honest. I know that's a lazy answer, <laughs> but really the fact that one day someone sat down and were like, what what can we do with the X-Men this week? They need The X-Men need to do something. And he's like, I don't know, fuck it. Fight Dracula. I'm Chris Claremont, okay? If I want to make him fight Dracula, I can do what the fuck I want. And fight Dracula they did. And it's dumb and it's corny. And I just, as I say, I enjoyed it. This book was uh, tickling me on all fronts. That's not what I wanted Ooh. to say. <laughs> Tickle me, Zach. <laughs> so as far as gladness for me, yeah, anytime you put Dracula against Marvel heroes, it's going to at least tickle my fancy. And consider my fancy tickled because this was great as far as an idea. I think the execution was poor, as I said. And Dr. O'Hara, I think her name was. I like her because I want to know more about Dr. O'Hara and her overly dramatic reactions to everything that happens in life. <laughs> Just scowling at everything. Scowling, dancing, telling people to fuck right off, getting excited when she's, yeah, she's, Fucking checks all my boxes. I want a Dr. O'Hara special. Like an Ali McBeal-style series about Dr. O'Hara. Yeah, I would totally read that. Badness. What was bad about this, Zach? Well, I didn't mention it in the story, so I think I'll exclusively make it my badness. I want to get back to that paneling issue that I alluded to earlier. <laughs> yes, yes. So the panels are broken up with straight verticals and mostly straight horizontals, although there are the odd kind of diagonally horizontal breaks. But mm -hmm. instead of just pushing the speech bubbles down underneath it, the speech bubbles run along the diagonal edge. So when they start speaking, the text starts on the right and says, I kept, and then it extends a bit further left as you read down. And it just seems like such a lazy and avoidable, ugly mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hope, hopefully the letterer got paid more because the bubbles they drew were, <laughs> were not giving him much to work with here, let's be honest. So I agree, there's a little bit of funkiness with that, but overall some of the artwork's good, some of it's a little ridiculous, but I think the thing that, my badness, I think my badness for this is just the shoehorning of an excuse to get the X-Men versus Dracula. I like the fact they took on Dracula, but the whole, oh, we're going to Misty Nights. Oh, there's a castle here that now Dracula lives in. Oh, he's going to bite Storm, but we can't have this last more than one episode, so we have to just fucking have Storm reject Dracula. But this, your argument, I don't understand because that is comics at this time. It was just like wacky. It was like a sitcom. You have 25 <laughs> minutes to arc a story all the way to completion, and everyone goes home happy. I guess so, but still, that's my badness. Regardless of hey, that, I I'm think never going to deny a man his badness, and I apologize for stepping on your toes there. <laughs> that's all right. I don't mind my toes stepped on when it's by my Multiverse of Badness co-host, Zach, because... This is the whole reason we're here to have fun reading comics and sometimes disagree with each other, but usually we're about on the same page. This one, we're a little more at odds, which yeah. I apologize to the mob squad. Mommy and Mommy daddy, and daddy, daddy fighting. aren't fighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
And that's why we work so well as a goddamn show. We are on the same fucking wavelength. Oh, that is exactly right. <laughs> Unplanned Mob Squad, I promise you. But if you want more of these shenanigans, chicanery and tomfoolery on the daily, I am almost always out on Twitter posting dumb shit about this podcast and other dumb shit at Multiverse of Bad. You can reach us on TikTok, seeing One Minute Review at Multiverse of Badness. My cohort in crime, Zach underscore bastard, remove the A's. You can reach him on Twitter as well, but... There are other ways to reach us, one in particular via email. Zach, how might one do that? You may reach us, as always, at the X-Men are squatting in my apartment, Dad. What do I do at multiverseofbadness.com? <laughs> you can reach us at... No, Dad, it's been two weeks and they still haven't left. At <laughs> multiverseofbadness.com. And you can reach us at... Hi, Mr. Williams. No, this is Wolverine. Zach's not here. This is our house now. Never call again. I'm drinking his beer at multiverseofbadness.com. Thank you once again for tuning in. And next time you decide that you have had enough of Dracula's bullshit and want to tell him to fuck rightfully off, you can join us in the Multiverse of Badness. Halloween edition 2022. Keep it spooky, y'all. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Keep it spooky, y'all. You've been hanging around with me too long now. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's my impression of your Welsh impression. Bloody hell. But it sounds like Jason Statham. My impression of your impression of my oh impression my is... Bloody hell. Bloody hell.